If you have been with us, you know that uh, over the last few months, we have been making our way through uh, the Sermon on the Mount uh, in, in Matthew. Um, the Sermon on the Mount is probably the best known teaching, uh, teachings of Jesus, both inside the church and even, uh, even to people that are outside of the church that, that don't necessarily read the Bible or, or go to church ever. Um, people know uh, the teachings of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it also might be the least followed teachings of Jesus. One commentator wrote that uh, the Sermon on the Mount is the, the closest that we have to a manifesto uh, from Jesus. Um, we find this, ser- this Sermon of Jesus uh, in the first book of the New Testament. It's in Matthew. It begins in uh, chapter 5. And if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you uh, even right now to open to Matthew chapter 5. But in this sermon, he describes the way of human flourishing, uh, living for what God has created humanity for, the, the ways that he's created us to live. And, and throughout the sermon, uh, Jesus is inviting hearers to be citizens of his kingdom, this kingdom of God. It's a kingdom uh, that is unlike any kingdom of this world. It is countercultural to the kingdoms of this world. And he's calling a people to himself that will follow him and, and point uh, this unbelieving world to uh, the Lord. And we see this calling throughout all of scripture, right? We can go all the way back to Genesis Genesis 12, Abraham says to God, and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And then he says, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God has always been calling a people to himself that would be distinct from the world uh, people that would be uh, the, the conduit uh, to the nations, to the world, that, that would tell the world about uh, our glorious Lord, Yahweh. God's people were, were not to be like the other nations. They were to be distinct. In, in Leviticus, the Lord's speaking to Moses, and he says, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived. You shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan, to which I'm bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. So God had a way for his people, right? The, the citizens of his kingdom uh, were to live entirely differently than, than this world. He was calling them out of the darkness of the world and, and into the light to live as his people. First Peter 2.9, Peter writes, But you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I, I think we see this invitation throughout the Sermon on the Mount to be citizens of this kingdom, the, the kingdom of the Father that his people don't live like this world, that we have a whole different set of values. This people that long for the approval of God, their father who is in heaven. So our service today is a recap of the whole Sermon on the Mount. It's going to look differently than what we normally do on a Sunday. We're gonna let Jesus preach 
his sermon. We're going to hear the sermon in its entirety today. So uh, I hope you have your Bibles with you. If not, there, there's some out in the halls. Uh, open to Matthew 5 if you're not there yet. Um, but I'm eager for us to take in this whole sermon um, that, that we've been hearing in chunks for weeks now. We'll hear it in its entirety. So we're going to have some different readers come up um, and, and read for us. We'll, we'll sing songs throughout our time. We'll, we'll take communion together. But, but I, I do hope that we're able to be hearers of the word today and respond to Jesus. So I'm going to invite Andrew up um, as I pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And I do pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear your word now and that we would uh, respond in faith, Lord, that, that we would give ourselves to you, Jesus. So Lord, would, would you bless this time Spirit, would you teach us as we hear your word? God, would you be blessed by this time? Lord, would this be a fragrant aroma to you? Lord, would, would this whole service be worshiped to you, Jesus? It's in your name we pray. Amen. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, and if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, 
and there remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with a lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right hand causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away from you. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if, one, and, and if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pay for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you would greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And when your father who sees in secret, he will see and reward you. And when you pray, you must not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. 
And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts that we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor must, nor where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the, then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, which will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." Judge not, that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. 
Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, will, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if you have a son, ask him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others should do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, and can a diseased tree bear good fruit? Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. The end, like I said last week, is startling. It's, it's either destruction or it's life. And, and yet still, I, I think that there's an invitation there as we come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And all throughout, it's been, to, to an, it's been an invitation to trust him, to build your entire life on the only sure foundation. After the words that Dan just read, uh, Matthew wraps up the sermon this way in verse 28. He says, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teachings. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes and Pharisees. So what's, how do they respond to him? They're, they're blown away. They're astonished. Now, the question that they asked wasn't, what do you make of his teaching? No, the question is, who is this teacher now, naturally, they compared him with what they knew. They compared him to their religious leaders, the scribes, and they clearly were not in the same league as Jesus. Their only authority was in, in quoting other authorities, and yet Jesus taught with true authority. It's as if he was the author of all things. He didn't simply tell them about life. He is the life. He invites us to life in him. 
This is human flourishing, right? To give your life to Jesus, all of who you are. He's the fulfillment of the law and prophets, like he said, everything, everything was pointing to Christ. Everything was pointing that, that Christ would come to give life to all who would trust in his death, death and resurrection. And it's by his death that we can have life. So the question is, will you trust him? Will you follow him? And Jesus has been clear. It's following him isn't using the right words. It, it's not doing things that, that look right on the exterior. But he's after all of who we are. He's after your heart. He's after your actions, your mind, your affections, your obedience. He's after everything. Jesus has called us to a righteousness that comes only by trusting him and letting him reshape you from the inside out. As I've been thinking about this series, I have one regret in this series. Uh, I, I, I have not adequately explained that being a citizen of his kingdom means following him with all of who we are. Uh, we, we don't get to pick and choose how we follow. We don't get to select the commands that we like or the hours when we want to obey them. No, he, he wants all of us. He, he wants to shape all of who we are. He changes us from the inside out. He changes how we view and live in this world. Uh, last Sunday night, we, uh, we had a, an, a great opportunity to uh, hear from our, our partners in Asia. And I'm, I'm kind of speaking in code here since this is being live stream and, and, and just for their safety and the work that they do. Uh, but hopefully you know what I'm talking about. It was uh, incredible to hear from them, to hear what God is doing um, in, in the part of Asia that they are in. And it was beautiful to see their family. It was incredible to hear them talk um, about the, the, the people groups that they are trying to reach with the gospel. They have uh, recently moved to an area that strategically they're, they're able to reach uh, or they're hoping to reach uh, not just unreached people groups, but unengaged unreached people groups. So like way less than 2% of, of, of the population knowing Christ. So there's no known believers in these areas. And, and it, the handful of uh, people that were here, I don't know if you caught this, but but they spoke, they said that this is, this is what we're hoping to do with the rest of our lives. Right? That's, that's what they want. That's what they see as, as their life work is to reach at least some of these people groups. And I walked away Sunday night encouraged and challenged um, by how this couple, this family has just given themselves to Christ's kingdom. And, and by no means am I saying that every believer is going to go overseas, right? I'm not saying that. Some in this room, though, some will be called, right? Some will be called to go overseas. But, but I am saying that here's this tangible picture for us as a body of how we're to live right here, right? In Camas, Washougal, Vancouver, where, wherever it is that you live, I was thinking about our body this week. I know that we have multiple people in our body that you're literally the only believer in your household, and I just thought, man, what a mission field that, that God has given you and, and that he will equip you to be light in that household. Others, I mean, your whole family knows Jesus, right? But, but, but your neighbors across the street don't or, or your coworkers or, or your classmates or, or whoever, whoever. But so maybe you won't, you won't end up going across the world, but you're gonna go across the street. What a mission field 
God has given you. If our lives are built on the rock of Christ, he is the one that we live for. His kingdom is the one that our heart beats for. We long to see neighbors, coworkers, friends, family, even enemies belong to the kingdom of Christ. There is no one like Jesus. So I ask, will you give your life to him? Will you live for his upside down, his countercultural kingdom? Will you live to see Christ's name lifted high in this world?